When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report. It's Advantage Forest going into the second leg of the playoffs after they won 2-1 at Bramall Lane in the first leg of the Championship playoff semi-final. It could have been more. It could have been comfortable and out of sight, but... As it stands, Forest take a one-goal lead into Tuesday night's game at the City Ground. Goals from Jack Colback and Brennan Johnson had Forest 2-0 ahead, but Sheffield United replied late on with a corner that came into the box, and it looked like it was Jack Robinson initially, but Sanderberg has been given the goal, and that goal makes it 2-1 going into Tuesday night's second leg. But that doesn't begin to tell the whole story of this game. It had chances, it had drama, it was exciting, a brilliant playoff encounter. And we're going to run through it now with Tom Newton, who was there at Bramall Lane. Tom, that was some afternoon's football, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, just a brilliant day out and with the Forest fans well, 3,000 3, of us or so. It, yeah, it was just a brilliant atmosphere and um, and we've got the scoreline going into Tuesday's night's uh, game at City Ground. We'll come to the team news to begin with. So, seven changes made to last week's side, which drew at Hull City. Not to be unexpected there. I think that's not really much of a surprise. That's all Steve Cook and Scott McKenna recalled. Toby Figueredo dropping to the bench and Jonathan Panzo dropping out of the 18. But we had Jed Spence, Ryan Yates, Jack Colback all restored to the starting 11. Brennan Johnson, Sam Surridge up front and Mighton and Zande Silva dropping out of the team. But the big boost for Forrest was Keenan Davis returning to the subs bench for the first time since he picked up the injury at Luton a month ago. Tom, when in the ground, what was your reaction to that Forest team news? Were you expecting those changes and, and Forest reverting back to the team that had done so well in the final few games of the season? Um, yeah, I did, because we knew that there were some were arrested last week. Jack Colback, for example, was picking up knocks, um, etc. So he didn't want to be risked last week in a bit of a game where it didn't really mean a great deal apart from uh, positional um, so, but I, I kind of knew on the fr- um, Friday night that Keenan Davis was in the squad. There was a lot of rumours going around on social media and I did get um, a text message from a uh, decent source saying, no, he's, he's been training all week and he's in the squad. So uh, with Keenan Davis in the side, it just gives you that um, boost. I mean, we probably didn't know how fit he was, but it's late, he's late to come onto the pitch. And um, Steve Cooper says, I wouldn't. Um, or won't risk him if he wasn't ready. So uh, basically, he is ready. So uh, it was nice for him to get some minutes on the pitch uh, prior to 
Tuesday's game in the second leg. Just having him there is a massive boost, isn't it? To to see him back and and to give Forrest another option in the playoffs. We know how tricky and how difficult these matches can be. So having Davis available again, yeah, just is a massive option to have coming back into the squad. Yeah. And it's just like, like you say, so he just gives you that like different option and he can hold the ball up. He's got pace, he's got power. He can score goals, which he's shown since he joined us in January. And, and also with his hold up play, he can like bring Zinkanagel into the game, Johnson in the game, etc. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a massive boost and he's a, been a brilliant player for us since he joined us from uh, Villa in January. So on to the opening exchanges. Sheffield United unchanged from their 4-0 win over Fulham last Saturday. So that saw two former Reds players, Ben Osborne and Jack Robinson, in the side. The The early pressure came from Sheffield United. They had a, a corner, which I think it was John Egan, just hooked wide of Samba's post. But Forrest, once they started attacking, looked the most dangerous side, didn't they? And it was very evident early on that Forrest were going to get joy turning Sheffield United around and getting in behind them. Yeah, and you look at their back four and it's a bit of, no disrespect to him, but it's a bit of an ageing um, back line. And you know, if you've got Johnson in the spaces and Surge in the spaces, then obviously the trickery is Zinkanog, always going to get a bit of joy from that. And I always says that, going to Sheffield United, you need to get that early goal just to quieten them down. And Forrest ultimately got that with, um, it was great play by Wold to start with to send um, Sam Surge away. And then he's obviously put the ball into the area. Uh, Zinkanago's had his shot blocked with Ben Osborne, thankfully, slipping over. Then obviously Jack Colback rifles it into the roof of the net, but it's what Forrest deserves. I thought they like settled into the game pretty well, and uh, it was what was needed uh, in what was going to be a bit of a cagey, um, tense atmosphere at Bramall Lane. It was a perfect start, wasn't it, to a playoff game from Forrest's point of view. The first goal, like you say, just to just to quieten down the home crowd and and give Forrest a foothold. And there were so many good aspects of that goal. First of all, Joe Worrell's lofted, dinked ball that had a little bit of bend on it to keep it and bend it into Sam Surridge's path. He puts the ball across dangerously first time. Agent Osborne slipping over four is in the box. And um, even though Dinkin Ogle perhaps should have scored his effort, it's Jack Colback there to tap it in and give Forrest the lead. It was good to see you had Zinkenagel and Colback both in the box and the reward came from it and and with it, the opening goal. Yeah, and, and in pre- I don't want to put negative on things, but in previous seasons, let's say, for example, when Graben's gone down to the byline, nobody's got into the area to tap it in, so it's like, uh, like crossed it into absolutely no one, but it was like um, refreshing and rewarding um, to see one Zinkanago there who obviously didn't score and then Jack Colback there to back him up. So it was great that they got into those positions and uh, gave us that 1-0 win, um, which I think was deserved. Sheffield United did respond five minutes later. They had a corner which was bent into the box. John Egan got up, but his header was cleared off the line by Sam Surridge, who positioned himself well to react. So Forrest could have been pegged back quite soon after the opening goal, but 
they weren't. And from there on in, it was all Forest. Was it just chance after chance? And and Forest were playing so well. Yeah, and every time they were getting in behind Sheffield United and Johnson got in a, um, a few times, etc. So if we did go in at half time three nil up, uh, nobody could have said we didn't deserve it because we was in well the domination from Forest midfield again, and then obviously the wide areas we dominated uh, Sheffield United yesterday and, and I've got a family here of Sheffield United fans and they basically says how we're still in it I will never know because we're very fortunate to um, only be technically one goal down uh, with the second leg to come I joked in the WhatsApp group yesterday that this report could be an hour long if we went into all of the chances that Forrest had and, and couldn't quite convert Let's have a look at some of those chances with so many near misses as well on these. So yet there were a couple. Jed Spencer's shot was saved. That came to Sam Surridge and he went to place it into the bottom corner, but it was a good low stop by Wes Fodringham. And then after that came three massive chances for Forrest that could have put the tie out of sight. We had the, the Brennan Johnson effort that was parried over by Fodringham to begin with which gave Forrest a corner. And then that corner was cleared from that clearance. James Garner picks the ball up on the left-hand side, puts in a fantastic cross. Ryan Yates in front of goal, heads it just wide. Tom, that was agonising, that one. Yeah, and I mean, he scored at the other end a few weeks ago, Ryan Yates did. So it was like, if you look at the reaction of Fogringham, he's like basically said, I'm not getting near that. And thankfully for him, it went wide and... And sadly for us, it didn't go in. So, but uh, no, if that's on target, it's uh, at that point in the game would have been two nil. And like I said, Forrest completely uh, and utterly would have uh, deserved that. And then Johnson had a shot which flew narrowly wide of the far post after he and him and Zinkenagel had nice interplay on the halfway line, and Zinkenagel's ball re- uh, released Johnson. It was very similar, actually, to a chance I remember. Marlon Harewood having in the second leg at Bramall Lane in 2003 where he's through on the edge of the box and he drills it for the far corner and it just goes wide of that that far post and again on another day that goes in and and Forrest are flying. Yeah it must be that end for us because that was the end what Marlon Harewood did have that chance so but no I don't want to say it but it is fine margin but on another day it's like um, we could have, like the Swansea uh, game, no enough all our chances went in and yesterday it wasn't to be. So it's just one of those, but um, but no, like I says, we completely bossed that uh, first half and should have been 3-0 up or whatever, but wasn't to be. So, um, so it's just, just one of those, unfortunately. You, some go in, some don't. The final big chance was Johnson, who had a header saved by Fodringham after Sam Surridge's shot had been parried away. It was actually a good save from the keeper. I don't think Johnson could have done much more. He he headed it. It was going in that in that corner of the net, but Fodringham got across well and parried it away. But at half-time, Forrest led 1-0. They deserved to be in front. It was just a shame that it couldn't have been more because they could easily have been four or five up at the break. Yeah. and. 
if if you look to the Sheffield United players, they they just could not handle uh, Spence down the right, Johnson, Zinconago, Colback getting into uh, decent positions. They just could not handle us, and um, it just sets it up perfectly, doesn't it, for uh, Tuesday night because. And no disrespect to them, but they've got, like I said, they've got an aging back line and they've been on the run yesterday constantly. To, and they usually say, get defenders running towards their own goal. And we did that time and time again. And you've got like Basham in there, Egan in there. And it's going to be some recovery for them to be ready and be fresh for Tuesday. And we're at home. We've got obviously 28,000 behind us. And let's go again and um, do what we did yesterday. And hopefully... Uh, we can uh, get a couple of goals and we could get to a point in the game, touch wood, where we can kind of like cruising and we can think of hopefully going to Wembley. On to the second half then. And after Forrest had run Sheffield United ragged in the first, the second half started a little bit differently, didn't it? Sheffield United came at Forest and tried to to take the game back to the Reds. There was a little bit of concern, but at the same time, Tom, you're going to have to expect these kind of periods in playoff games, aren't you? Teams are going to have these spells where they're on top. Yeah, and you knew they were going to come out with something more to give because they were second best in that um first half and Heckenbottom would have obviously given them a bit of like a roast and, and um, telling them to play better. So it was, it was expected, but when you've got Worrell in there, Cook in there, McKenna in there, and then obviously a decent keeper in Samba, you was very confident that they could, whatever Sheffield United chucked at us yesterday, we could deal with. And I've, we did deal with it, but then I think our midfield for like a period of the game in the second half, Went missing every time like the back on the back five cleared the ball. We wasn't picking up that second ball. And ultimately uh, Sheffield Jads were pushing us further and further back. And then you got Sander Burge, Oliver Norwood, and then you got Gibbs White, etc. And they were like really pushing us back. And it was just it was a bit frustrating that we just couldn't get an, a foothold in the game in that second half. It kept coming back and it's like somebody just needed to like buy a free kick or um or just get the foot on the ball and Thankfully, I think they had a shot, uh, which I think Warrell was going around saying, like, just calm down with the ball and, and everything. And once that passage of play um, went and we got the ball back, uh, Forrest were, um, went back to being more dominant. And um, and that was much needed because they were, like, trying to turn the screw on us uh, for a period in that second half. Yeah, Forrest did have to hold out. In, the, in those opening 15, 20 minutes of the second half. Steve Cook blocked an effort from Chris Basham. Um, I think it was then Sanderberg who was played through in the box, but his shots went high and over the bar. And then Gibbs White tested Samba with an effort from range, which the forest keeper collected quite comfortably in the end. But it was a, it was a pulsating second half the the pace and the freneticness of the match at that point was it was a proper playoff game wasn't it you could you could just certainly watching it on tv it felt that way did you did you get the same atmosphere in the stadium um i did but you obviously you tend to scoot your own team i mean the playoffs 
for a neutral are absolutely brilliant for entertainment value, jeopardy, anything could happen in a split second, um, but you just don't want it to happen to your side. And and it was, it was a bit um, end-to-end, but I, I just had, I think it's just this season of what Steve Cooper's done is Forest aren't, haven't got to like a soft underbelly anymore. They, they're quite resolute. Um, defensively, we're pretty sound. And with the pace um, up front of like um, Sawage, uh, Zinkenagel and Johnson, you, you know you're going to have uh, chances. And then when they have to come off, then you've got uh, the likes of Lolly to come on, Mighton to come on and Keenan Davis come on. So you, we're in a very good place at the moment. And thankfully that's all down to Steve Cooper and what he's done this season for, for us. The striker issues that Sheffield United have was evident, I think, yesterday. There was a shot at one point of a few of them sat on the bench, Billy Sharp, Ollie McBurney and Rian Brewster, who could only sit on the sidelines. They couldn't be out there playing. And it was Ndai and Gibbs-White who were playing as as strikers almost, especially Gibbs-White, who's more of a central midfielder, playing higher up. Um, and I think they they did miss that that forward presence of, say, a Sharp or a McBurney. But nevertheless, they did have Forrest under pressure at times, but the Forrest back line held firm, didn't they? Worrell, McKenna and Cook were all good. As we've kind of come to expect from them, they, they, they were just solid again. Yeah, and it's like in the Championship, and even in, I do think, when you watch a bit of Premier, or Premier League football, them three together, apart from like obviously like the likes of Van Dyke and the, the guys at um, Man City, find me three better defenders in this country at the moment. And them three, so they like really um, compensate everybody. They like if one's um, gone towards the ball, somebody drops in, and they can play a bit of football as well. Like Cook's um, been at the uh, highest level; he can very good with the ball at his feet. Uh, Walls um, has got better over time. Um, McKenna um, I think he went on the run in the first half and he's a big lad but he was dropping a shoulder and he, he did get around them I, don't, I can't remember if it went for a corner or a goal kick but he's he can play we've, we've seen that how he brings the ball out and like I says find me three defenders like probably bottom half of the Premier League in the Championship and I, I think I'll be waiting because they were superb yesterday and they've been superb uh, well the three of them have been superb since uh, January after the that spell of Sheffield United pressure, Forrest made changes. The first change for Forrest saw Joe Lolly replace Philip Zinkenagel, who I thought had had a really good game up to that point. He was helping us hold on to the ball in the middle of the park and, and carry it forward. And he'd been involved in, in so much of our good play. But Joe Lolly came off the bench and... He was involved in the second goal, Tom. Talk us through it. Yeah, they the, the tried to play from the back. And uh, I think it was uh, was it Egan or um, Basham who had the ball. And you could see, uh, even I've watched it back now, and there's no real danger. And they just have that touch too many. And like Joe Lolly's like thinking, oh, I'll close him down here. And then he obviously he's turned towards his own goal and he's um, lost control of the football. And... Joe Lowe's just like nipped in and obviously can't bring him down because if it brings him down, it's a sending off his through on goal at this point. And I thought initially when I was in the ground yesterday, I thought it was a superb pass from Lolly. And yeah. I'm not like trying to bring him down in terms <laughs> of um, 
he got lucky or anything like that, but it was actually a shot. And it was, to be honest, it was a weak shot at, and you'd expect Fodringham to uh, actually save that. But as the ball's broken to Johnson, first time top corner, um, 2 0, and we've gone wild again. And there's bodies, limbs, um, etc. And it was just the, uh, it's just brilliant with 3,000 Forest fans there and what we've been through over the last 23 years to actually experience that. And you're in the box seat then, aren't you? You think, not like getting too ahead of yourself because we've suffered enough over the years to get too ahead of ourselves, but it's just a nice feeling that you've got like a, a real, real foothold um, in this playoff tie. So, um, you know, like I said, the atmosphere yesterday was absolutely uh, top draw. Another example of Brennan's great finishing. First time rifles that into the roof of the net, a, a superb finish. And on the Sky coverage, which I thought was great, they cut to a shot of his dad, David Johnson, in the stands, celebrating the goal, getting mobbed by people around him. And 19 years on after John O'Senior scored in the Bramall Lane tie, he also scored in the home leg, of course, that year. But 19 years on after he scored at Bramall Lane, there's Brennan, his son, doing exactly the same to to give Forrest a real foothold in the tie, as you say, Tom. And that was a brilliant moment, wasn't it? Um, it was. And Brennan Johnson has been superb this season. Um, I was, at the start of the season, um, I was a bit unsure about if he could make the step up because obviously he's, he's had a bit of championship action under um, Sabri Lamouche. And I'm just thank. I know there's that close, little like sliding doors moment, isn't it, with... Chris Uton didn't really fancy him. And then Cooper's come in and absolutely embraced his talents and what he can give to this team. And he's really put him on like a, a, like a podium of like to express his um, talent and um, with the football and his, uh, his desire. And yeah, he's, he's been brilliant all season, uh, Brennan Johnson. And the goals for a young lad in his first championship season, I think it was, is he, is he on 17 goals now? Yeah, seven, like that. yeah, that that is that's superb. It it really is because um, no, just like he does get knocked about a bit. He does get people who are, like coming in the back of him and this that, and he does win a lot of free kicks. But on top of that, because he's running at like full board and he hasn't had the rub of the green from referees, and he doesn't get much protect. I'm not like. Um, having the victim card here, but he doesn't get much protection from referees. And I mean, Colin Frey said on Radio Nottingham a couple of weeks ago, we've had 11 stonewall penalties turned down and I'd love to know how many of them involve Brennan Johnson. But um, yeah, when he's got the ball and he's got their back um, back line running towards the goal, it, it, you know something's going to happen. And the end result doesn't always happen in terms of it's a goal or sets a goal up, but just having that in your side at any level, uh, pace and that ability with a football, it's just it's just gold dust. And he's phenomenal to watch, isn't he? The way he glides across the pitch and when he's turning and running at players, it's so exciting to to watch how Johnson does it. He's yeah, he's so so elegant and how he glides across the pitch at such speed. And yep. yeah, you just however long he's at Forest, you've got to enjoy watching him because he is such an exciting player. Yes, and he almost um, actually, he almost makes it 3-0, doesn't he? This is after the goal. He's back in the box again. It's um, it's Jed Spence with the run and a cross from the right-hand side. 
Johnson almost makes it 3-0, but for a good bit of defending. Yeah, and he would have deserved, um, we would have deserved that. Like uh, I said, we was, with the chances we had, it's just unfortunate. We ha- we're not going back to the city ground with more than a 2-1 uh, lead. It should be. I think if we got the third or fourth goal, it's one of those moments you just don't know. But I don't think they would have scored. I think they would have been done. And um, we, like I said, we 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 would have gone back to the city ground. It's safe. It was four nil, and it's like it was just what we deserved. We was um, in an attacking sense yesterday. We was um, dominant. Keenan Davis replaced Sam Surridge with about fourteen minutes left on the clock, and yeah, I think it was good to get him on the pitch and just get some minutes into him because we might need him, especially on Tuesday when the game might become stretched or we need a bit more of a physical presence up top. But he did okay, didn't he, Davies? He was involved. Yeah. Yeah, um, he did. And he's like, we know he's not going to be like um, absolutely match up because he hasn't played for the last month. But it was nice to see him on the pitch, get some uh, minutes in him. And like Steve Cooper alluded to in the post-match, or was it pretty much, can't remember now, that he would, if... The medical team says is he can play, then and there was no like risk, then he would play him. So we know he's fit. He's just got to get um, sharp and get up, back up to speed from uh, when he left the uh, the pitch on uh, Good Friday against Luton. So at this point, Forest are two 0 ahead, and it looks like they're on their way to securing a two goal first leg advantage, but. Sheffield United had one final response in them and they halved the deficit with a goal which at first looked like it might have come from Jack Robinson, but it was credited to Sander Berger afterwards. Talk us through this one, Tom. And uh, yeah, disappointing, I think, is that is the word for it. Yeah, and how they... Um... How they do their um, set pieces? They like kind of surround the goalkeeper and, and pin him back. And I'm not making excuses, but in the game, Sam was quite dominant and he was quite commanding in his um, in our box. So when the ball come in, I think he's tried to come for it. And I think Colback alluded to it in his uh, post match that it was his man, and and obviously he's pinned. Um, Sander back so he couldn't get the ball and then obviously the ball's come in and Sander Burgess, Jack Robinson's there and it'd be an interesting one because I've looked back on that and I'm wondering if VAR was there would it have been given because if you watch it again Sander Burge is he's headed it on to Robinson and it comes Robinson doesn't know much about it granted but it comes off his arm and I'm like thinking would that have been like for if it was me if it was our team, I would be. I would think it's harsh, but VAR's uh, there to obviously make a fair decision. And would they have deemed that to be assisting a goal with his arm when it comes off Jack Robinson? Who knows? But yeah, just that ten seconds of um, is a huge disappointment. But having said that, it could be a positive because if you remember. I know it's a completely different um, era, but when we played Yeovil, we, we went into the ground, city ground 2-0 up. And it might just like regain for us a bit of focus, not to be too complacent going into the game with 2-0. With them scoring, 
it, like reminds Forest this game isn't done yet. So it might be a positive um, looking back on it, but I, I, I truly expect Forest to get the job done with the manager and how um, um, how the, his philosophy is and the mindset of the players and the mentality, etc. I fully expect Forest to get this job done on Tuesday in a packed city ground, which is going to be a brilliant atmosphere. Yeah, it's it's it promises to be quite the evening on Tuesday. Just going back to to the end of the game and and Steve Cooper on the radio afterwards was quite positive about the goal and and the events that, of those final few minutes. Um, he was positive. He didn't sound upset, and he just put it down to the fact that this is playoff football, and it can happen. I think the fans, some fans, were quite disappointed. I got the impression, looking on some of the forums and social media, the fans were feeling a bit down after the the conceding of that goal. But actually, you know what? Forest have won at Bramall Lane, the first time they've done it since two thousand and four, the first time. They've won a playoff match since 2007. Only their second playoff match victory of any kind. So there's plenty to be positive about. The performance was good. Should should have been, could have been out of sight. They're not, but to, to, borrow, Cooper, to borrow Cooper's phrase, that's playoff football. And as you've hinted at there, Tom, it sets it up brilliantly for Tuesday night. And at least Forrest know that there is no room for complacency. That they've got to they've got to be back on it from the first whistle on Tuesday and and going out to to try and see this tie off and get the job done. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of gonna be a bit silly me saying this now, but the game yesterday is a slight bruise on a, a good apple, isn't it? At the end of the day, with the them scoring. And they've got to Sheffield United have got to come out. They've got to come out and get the goal. And with us brilliant on the counter attack, we could pick them off. We can find that the pockets of space, etc. But before the game yesterday, if you asked any Forest fan leaving Nottingham up to Sheffield, what do you want from the game? Um, I'd I'd say ninety nine point nine percent of them don't lose the game, and probably yeah. majority are half expecting just come back with a draw. Because a draw for them is bad because, you know, like home advantage and, and all of that. So we've won the game and we was dominant. It's not like we've got that two fortunate goals and we've been on the wreck for the whole 90 minutes. We have played so well. And and like I says, that goal, what they've scored, it probably like just gives us that bit of like refocus and we'll go again on uh, Tuesday. But... I can't remember who said it now, but not many teams would like Forest in the playoffs. And what we did, did Sheffield United yesterday in an attacking sense with Zinconago, Spence, Surridge, they were, they don't want to play us again in, in this uh, quick turnaround. So, yeah, let's go again on uh, Tuesday and uh, get the job uh, done. And finally, this club gets to play at the new Wembley. <laughs> so because it's 30 years since we played at Wembley of any description at the... I can't remember if it was the League Cup game against Man United or the uh, ZDS against Southampton. I can't remember which come... I think it was the ZDS what was... Because I think you played the League Cup game around about February and March. So I think it was a bit after um, playing the ZDS. But 
Uh, no, it's, it would be nice to have a well, 38,000 of us going to Wembley. We deserve that day because of what we've been through over the last 20 odd years. It would be a long time coming, wouldn't it? But let's not get too carried away yet. We've been here before. We've taken a lead into a home second leg and it's not gone to plan. I think this is a different generation of Forest team, a different generation of Forest fans, a different mindset around the team. So there's so much that's going for us into this second leg on Tuesday. The advantage is with Forest. They're a goal ahead. Sheffield United have got to come at us. They really have got to get that first goal to to sow any seeds of doubt in Forest's minds. But that is going to leave them open, isn't it? Forrest with Johnson, with Zinconagel, Spence, Surridge, if it's if it's Surridge or Davis, it's going to open up the space and you can just see Forrest running right against them. If if Sheffield United leave themselves too open, trying to chase chase back the deficit. Yeah, definitely. And we've just got to concentrate on our own game, concentrate what we're good at. Don't think about what they may or may not do. Concentrate on ourselves. Um, obviously, prepare, which we've prepared so well under Cooper going into games. And like I said, just enjoy the game and don't get to, uh, there's that saying, isn't the um, play the game, not the occasion kind of thing. And yeah, I'll, I've got full faith in this Forest side. Uh, we've um, at the City Ground, it's been pretty much a fortress, hasn't it? Under uh, Steve Cooper. So, yep, we'll go again on Tuesday and uh, hopefully um, we are victorious. Thanks, Tom. And there we have it. Forest take a one goal lead into Tuesday night's second leg of this championship playoff semi final. It's beautifully poised. It promises to be an incredible night under the lights at the city ground on Tuesday. We will be back with you after the match with our report. And who knows, by that point, Forrest could be on their way to Wembley. Thank you for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network.